So our ears, our hearing is our eyes behind our back historically. It's been informing us all the time, answering the question, am I safe? Where am I? How am I positioned in this 3D space that we live in? And because of that, we are quite sensitized to auditory stimulus and that kind of all the time telling us like, should I be on alert? Should I be kind of ready to fight or run if there's like a lot of noisy or in like it's a bit hard to say and those kind of noisy environments can stress us and even though we are get used to them consciously we kind of numb down like we stop consciously listening some certain sounds because we just hear them but they still have an impact on the nervous system level they might be like all the time telling your body like you're not completely safe you cannot completely let go now so you have to be all the time in this fight or flight mode you're listening to foreign founders where we tell stories of immigrant and international founders who are working tirelessly to shape the future we share stories of their upbringing culture and background and explore the companies and products they're building we want to highlight these founders because these are stories that are often not told thank you for joining us the connected world is noisy and we are constantly bombarded by stimulants. Today, we have Marcus Pessinen, founder of Olo. Olo is an AI-powered mental wellness app that helps you learn the language of your nervous system. Marcus and his team has been deep in sound and somatics and have collected unique sounds from around the world. With Olo, they want you to lean back and let go. I'm thrilled to have you here, Marcus. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. Great to be here. Well, I would love to start with your background. I would love to think about this podcast as founders and builders from all around the world. So mm -hmm. let's kind of explore your physical movement around the world. All right. Yeah, I was born in Finland in the middle, a place called Kuopio. Then I lived in Helsinki. And when I was 20, I moved to Copenhagen, to Denmark, spent there five years. And after that went to Germany and lived seven years there, moved back to Finland, and now I'm in the U.S. I'm a composer, musician, sound designer. I've lived from music and sound for the past 20 years. What made you want to be a composer? Music is something you've been doing for a long time since you were growing up. Found it only when I was like 14, 15, but then I really found it. It just became very interesting to me because it combined so many things with thinking about quite early on, I started composing, kind of like learning how music works by composing it, right? So you make these little experiments, try to understand what's the laws of physics here or whatever laws. And sometimes they're made up. Every song has its own universe, so you can explore it. Yeah, that was the best thing I could think of doing, the most challenging, and there seemed to be always something new in it. What instruments were you playing? Guitar mostly. But then I, my favorite hobby is to try instruments that I've never tried before. So yeah. I just really enjoy. The most out there instrument. Yeah. I have some fond memories of playing the tuba and it was in a party. But yeah, there is different instruments. What can I say? I played gong size of this wall. That's also pretty out there. Yeah. I love it. So you started with your musical journey as a musician, composer, since age 14 mm -hmm. and that took you to different places around europe from you know all the way to germany mm -hmm. yeah what were you doing in germany 
So I was traveling quite a lot. There was like a five-year period that I played maybe 100 concerts a year, and I was yeah. just all the time in the road. I did a wide spectrum of things. I had a, a jazz band, some contemporary new music with classical musicians, film music, theater, dance pieces. And Berlin was this melting pot of different scenes and cultures, especially with improvised music. There's like a huge scene there. So I would just play like two concerts a week if I would be in town. And often they would be with new people that I never met before. Sometimes I met them on stage. And that's just a great way of exploring music and getting to know people through music. Mm -hmm. What was the transition from doing those concerts, a lot of concerts, Uh to being a founder or creating? I know this isn't your first thing that you founded, but what was that journey there? Yeah, that was really interesting. So 2014, I got to play in the Royal Albert Hall and afterwards I felt a bit empty. And I was asking myself, what's wrong? Shouldn't this be more meaningful to me? And I started to realize that the whole frame or identity of artists was starting to constrict me and I needed to explore things outside of it. Mm-hmm. And I started to ask myself, what's this whole frame of listening? Why do we listen? Where do we listen? Mm-hmm. What's the frame around the content, the music, the experience? And I actually did a series of photography exhibitions and art installations as a kind of transition phase. And after that, I started to really explore the sound journey, which meant I met my co-founder, Katarina, that's a social worker from mental health and psychiatry and somatic educator. So she could hold this space that would become the frame of having some embodied mindfulness exercises and then a listening experience with eyes closed, comfortably lying down or sitting with the 3D speakers. So it would feel like you are somewhere immersed in nature. So we record sounds from nature and music and put it together into a sound journey where sometimes people, they for sure forget that there was an artist and they might also forget that they're even listening and they're just experiencing their own imagination and memories and wherever that kind of leads them. And then we would afterwards talk about it. Um, so that's how it started with these workshops. And we just realized that's a really valuable social emotional learning when we all heard the same thing, but have a different story to tell mm-hmm. and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then we just did a lot of those workshops and pilots with over 5,000 people in like healthcare, education, corporate wellness, and learned a lot from it. And that then lead in spinning off a startup, building an app opening a retreat center, things like that. What were you hearing early on in that process from the people who went through that experience? So probably one of the most important things was to realize that sound impacts greatly. It has a lot of potential because we record the thing in 3D and the speaker setup is really realistic. So we realized that the more immersive the experience is, the more therapeutic potential it has. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people would say, I know that I'm here in this room and everything's normal, you know, but my body responds as if I would be in water because it feels so real, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a really important realization that even though we are aware of where we are, our environment still has a huge impact on us or on our nervous system, which then has an impact on how stressed we feel or how we are. So I think we are all the time impacted our environment way more than that we are aware of. Can you tell me more about the nervous system and stress? Mm-hmm. Something that we 
like I might not know or, you know. Yeah, there's many angles to explore here, but I think in a simplified sense, I just think that especially our connection to our hearing and nervous system. So our ears, our hearing is our eyes behind our back historically. It's been informing us all the time, answering the question, am I safe? Where am I? How am I positioned in this 3D space that we live in? And because of that, we are quite sensitized to auditory stimulus and that kind of all the time telling us like, should I be on alert? Should I be kind of ready to fight or run if there's like a lot of noisy or in, like it's a bit hard to say. And those kind of noisy environments can stress us. And even though we are, get used to them consciously, we kind of numb down, like we stop consciously listening some certain sounds because we just hear them but they still have an impact on the nervous system level. They might be like all the time telling your body, like you're not completely safe. You cannot completely let go now. So you have to be all the time in this fight or flight mode. And that is part of being human. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Is there anything about this modern world that either amplifies it or changes it? Yes, of course, that's really individual. We all get wired uniquely based on our experiences and our environment. But I would say that sometimes if we live in the cities, we only realize how impactful the city is if we go out of it, for example, to the nature and realize like, well, this feels really different. I can drop my shoulders in a different way. I can, I just feel like I breathe differently or something like that. So sometimes I guess being in a city can be quite intense to us and it might be quite hard to let go. Mm -hmm. So your journey to get to this point, you and your co-founder Katerina, you were running these workshops and experiences, 3D sound experiences for mm -hmm. different professions, different groups. Can you tell me a little bit about how you collected these 3D sounds? Mm -hmm. What was that experience and journey like? Yeah, that's really interesting. So we do these field recording trips. We go to places where people usually don't go. And that's an interesting way to just, you know, you can look at light pollution map and see where it's dark and try to go to those places, trying to find an atmosphere that is somehow interesting, feels good in some way. And then you record and then you are completely in the mercy of whatever comes, whatever happens, what the weather is. Yeah. So at the same time, it's like discovery and that kind of adventure, trying to capture something, but you have to kind of also let go in that process of just be curious of what comes because you cannot really control it. And then you capture something and you listen back at it afterwards and, and start to shape from there. I like to think as the nature sounds as the soloist and the music is just enhancing some of the magic that is already there or trying to accompany it. And it's not like you have an iPhone and you're setting it there, right? What's that recording process? Is the yeah, that's set up. Yeah, that's, so there's a, like a professional rig of a field recorder, of multi-channel, eight-channels recorder, and a specific ambisonic microphone yeah. that captures usually eight channels or more. And then there's like, you could say that there's many microphones in one, so it captures like the whole 360 degrees. And you really hear everything. So it has to be a place where it's worth to capture everything because you will truly get any sound in the 10 to 20 kilometer radius. Wow. That's a wide, wide area. It is. It is. But that's how our hearing is as humans too. We can hear really far unless there's something noisy that masks everything. So through that experience, through collecting all that 
let's say, sound experiences and data as well. Mm -hmm. Going through that workshop, you had a realization that you can make it scale mm -hmm. to more people, right? Not mm -hmm. just through those workshops. Is that how Allo was created? Yeah. So first we did a lot of in-person workshops, retreats, also seminars, things like that. And then when the COVID happened, it really helped us to advance faster digitally what than we had planned even. And we did a lot of online workshops and realized that it worked really well like that too. And then the need really started to be for there to be an app because that would be the perfect environment and the easiest delivery. And uh, yeah, sound is very scalable. But at the same time, we didn't want to just produce content and pick one of the existing channels, but we wanted to like own the frame, which it happens inside. And there was a couple of really important ideas to us that we couldn't do in any other platform. So we had to build our own. And you have a really unique perspective on how this experience should be. We talked previously about all the other like mental wellness apps and what is the direction of those apps that you don't agree with and what do you do differently with Allo? Mm -hmm. So obviously there's a lot of apps and I might not even know all of them, but what I generally see, and I've been looking at this space like since there were CDs and cassettes and always interested why the meditation content or the personal development content is often quite static and produced in a certain way. So the main differences that we think with Olo is that, you know, meditation is really hard. Meditation was developed thousands of years ago to a society very different from ours. And to ask a knowledge worker today to become a Zen monk, it's kind of a big ask. And that's why a lot of people drop out and the retention rate is quite low because it's hard to build that habit. And we actually think that positive mind wandering instead of concentration meditation is something really useful because now knowledge work is all about like focusing and concentrating anyways so we get attention fatigue and actually concentration meditation is not the best way to deal with that but you actually need to learn to let go it's the same thing as go to shower in the morning or go for a walk and things just you digest life and maybe important things pop up when you're not trying so when i get you into similar state while you're listening a sound journey you're not supposed to try to meditate or you don't need to learn a skill it's kind of instant and that's what people like that it's immediate effect and then the other thing that we think is that an app shouldn't be a remote control of thousand buttons so making a choice is really taxating for the brain so we want to take the choice away you cannot choose the content your interaction with the app will start to personalize to you. So the app will start to better and better understand what could be working for you, but it chooses for you. And then the third thing is that the content is not static. So it goes up and down. It journeys from place to place. And that's what makes the mind wandering happen. Mm -hmm. How long are these experiences typically in the app? So just from a few minutes, like five minutes up to half an hour or more, or we also have a mode which is kind of infinite, so you could just use it while you work yeah. or just to create an atmosphere where you are. Yeah, I agree. I've been experimenting with different meditation apps, mental you know, strengthening or health apps. Mm -hmm. And my issue with a lot of them is just, like you said earlier, it's just like basically a Netflix app now. Yeah. Right? You have all these different segments, all these different sections. And then you have to pick. And then once you pick, you yeah you go into mode. But like 
I'm so bad at picking things. My wife will tell you that mm. when I'm picking something on Netflix, it probably takes me 20 minutes. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> and if you already don't have much time for your self-care practice, it can really feel like, like self-care shouldn't feel like work. Yeah. It should feel like something that it's immediately useful. And yeah, I think it's the different approach to consume information about well-being from a library then actually just tune in and feel how you're feeling right now. Yeah. And when I used Olo, the audio experience was very stark too. It's mm-hmm. very clear. It's like when my friend who used Tidal, yeah. the music app, uh-huh. or, and then they listened to the same song on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I can really tell the difference with the quality of music on Tidal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the same experience for me when I was like, oh, the quality of sound was much, much higher. The fidelity was incredibly high compared to the other apps. So, Yeah, it's nice to hear. I mean, some people even ask us, like, how is it, like, will people really feel the difference and so on? And yeah, a lot of people tell us that after listening to all of what they used to listen sounds different and more two-dimensional. So I think there's a chance to take music technically to a next level that is in 3D, that hasn't really completely happened yet, even though there's a spatial audio capabilities with hardware. Now, a lot of the music is still produced in a traditional way, and then it's just like converted into something of a spatial kind, but it's not truly natively done like that. So yeah, I suppose that's something that we've been doing a long time, and now we're happy that the technological window is like open and we're ready for that. Yeah. Who do you have in mind when you're building Olo? I know anxiety and regulating the nervous system is probably applicable to Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. Who are you building this for? So we had a wide amount of pilots and we really realized that it works for so many different contexts. But we've noticed that right now the first adopters that really are using it often are founders themselves or CXOs in some kind of Work that is demanding, their work is about high quality output, good decisions. For that, they need to sleep well, stay balanced. It seems that all works the best when you have a really high stress and not much time. Mm-hmm. And that's where, where we can really finesse of like just bringing you back to baseline in five minutes. Is the goal for those people, whether it's like CXOs or founders, is the goal for Allo to always be a single player experience? How do you think about that? Well, not always. Now, right now, the app is a single player because that's the first first angle we're bringing it out with. But since we did a lot of those workshops in the past with people, we realized the power of shared experiences, synchronized experiences. So we definitely want to bring that into a digital form. And we're actually exploring it in different ways. Like, how would that be facilitated? The multiplayer is there. A facilitator, somebody who kind of invites everybody, holds the session or could you just sync with anyone you know and, and listen at the same time? And it could be a, a shared experience that then lands into a spatial audio call around a virtual campfire. Or, you know, there's a lot of options there that we can bring it to. And uh, yeah, they are probably coming. I want to pull it back a little bit and focus on you as a founder. Mm-hmm. How has the experience of building this been? And especially as an immigrant founder now, mm-hmm. uh, you're in the US, you're in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been an immigrant in a few other countries before. So I definitely, I lean onto that a lot. I like when everybody's from everywhere. Also when hiring, sometimes it's, 
you know, people who left their countries to go to another place, they already have taken some risk. And for early stage startup, you need people who are being able to take that kind of lean towards the unknown. The journey has been quite amazing in the sense that, I mean, I've always been creating projects and basically work for myself and with others for the past 20 years. But I think now it really starts to feel different because we're finding a lot of champions, people who really want us to win and want all to happen and want to join the journey. So that's really heartwarming because there's for every entrepreneur, there's moments that are super hard and you really need that something extra conviction in yourself and support from others to get over those really difficult parts. So, yeah. The startup scene in Berlin is really big. It's one of the top places in Europe. Mm -hmm. What was the decision of you coming to the Bay Area? I had been before in LA, heard about from many others who've been in the Bay Area. And there is this Finnish program called SILTA that brings Finnish founders to Bay Area for three months. And that was like a great way to come with few others and be plugged into a network of people who are already here. I, it just, I just love to be where it's happening. To be honest, like with music, I always got to work with the best people in the world in my own genres and niches. And now building mobile apps and working with AI, it's kind of obvious to be here, even though it's happening in many places. But right now here, it's really cooking. Like there's so many events happening and you can just like see this thing built in real time talk about your ideas with people in real time and basically every day you can advance your idea in a very high level yeah i really agree with that too i think a lot of people say that san francisco you know had a lull in people being here maybe moving away especially during the pandemic mm -hmm. but i've noticed that um it's really hard to recreate the environment where there are different builders mm -hmm. especially technology builders and both our companies are in technology to be okay where else is that happening you walk down the street or you go to coffee and you can meet other founders or other builders who are doing really interesting stuff i think yeah i agree with you when people say things are happening it's definitely feels like it's happening yeah it's my days are quite intense, like waking up really early to have calls to Europe and whole day of work. And then every day, the choose you have to make like between this two to three to four yeah. incredible events, which ones can I not go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then in between those, you have your headphones on and you're mm -hmm. in the Olo experience. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I use it every day myself. I first thought that I couldn't, but then my co-founder said, why don't you just try See if you can listen it like anyone. Yeah. I realized that it works for me too. So it's super useful. My There's many use cases. Some people use it a lot for falling asleep. Some people in a morning alignment. My thing that I use it is that kind of reset during a day. Yeah. Or like get into the zone for a deep work session after a lot of communication and things like that. Why did you think you couldn't do it? Because I would start to think about how it could be done better, like every piece of content. But I, I learned to switch mode, so I can also now just let go and be just a, a client. Are you ready for the last couple questions? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, what's your short-term couple months goal with Allo? What are you working towards now? Right now we're working towards adding 
So we have an open beta free app on the App Store right now. And we're working on onboarding and a few other features with it. And starting to get towards a premium layer on that. We have just some really exciting investors, angels joining in. So it's starting to, you know, come together as a pre-seed round. Some new collaborations, people are joining to the team, going to be traveling in Europe and in Asia uh, during the summer and then coming back to SF. So product forward, uh, finding more, more champions, getting it out there. Yeah, that's the short term. It's a lot around the product. Yeah, I love it. The product is beautiful. The quality is super high, so I'm a big fan. Thank you. Last question. I usually ask this as a closing question mm -hmm. because I think you talked about it a little bit earlier about mm -hmm. um, immigrants typically being, you know, you took that risk already by mm -hmm. going to a place. And I really felt like that. Mm. Um, so I like to ask this question because A, I think founders are typically optimistic. Mm -hmm. You don't build something brand new if you don't see the solution out there. So you want to build it yourself. That's a yeah. very optimistic attitude. But also, I think immigrant founders, you take that journey into an unknown already with moving to a different place. Mm. So my closing question always is, what are you optimistic about? Mm. I'm optimistic about us humans prioritizing humanity and being human. So as technology can be this incredible tool that helps us to achieve more, have more safety, have more capabilities, we live like way better than kings not too long time ago. So I'm optimistic that with AI being a mirror, looking back to humanity, asking what is humanity, what's important to us, what's the human alignment here, I'm optimistic that we will prioritize those things as AI will gradually take a lot of the busy work away. We'll ask ourselves what's really left for us humans to do and how do we want to spend our time together as humans because we are very collective in the end of the day. We need each other. So I'm optimistic about that, the balance between technology and nature or humanness. Amazing. This is a bonus. For you, what does it mean to be more human as a follow-up? It means that the way that I use technology or the way that technology is around is, is like human-centric. So from a place of like what keeps me connected to myself, to other humans, to nature, and how can the use of technology be curated or shaped around that so that those genuine connections stay there and are nurtured. Yeah. Awesome. Where can, you know, people who are listening or, you know, people who want to follow Olo's journey find you or the company? Yeah. What's the best way to connect? Olo.space. It's a website. So olo.space. That's the best way. And you can download it on iOS and Google. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when this comes out, but Google is on closed beta. You can find it through the website iOS. You can also go to App Store and just write Olo and well-being after that. So you'll find the app there. I mean, I really like to hear from people who are using it. So I'm getting text messages from users every day. And I really encourage people to be in direct contact with me about what's their experience with the app. Because the whole idea of Olo is that it will be personalized to you. We really want to listen what works for you. So yeah, it's really exciting to be in contact with people. Amazing. Well, this was a real pleasure. Thank you, Marcus, for joining the show and having a chat with me about Ola. Thank you. This was great. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this valuable, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast app. One more thing, Forum Founders is a new podcast, so please consider leaving a rating or review. That helps more people find the show. See you on the next episode.